Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's 9.28 in Valhalla, and you're listening to Night Call. Hey everybody, and welcome to Night Call podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I'm Molly Lambert, and with me in Los Angeles is Tess Lynch, and over in New York we have Emily Yoshida. And Tess Lynch just came from New York. Just yesterday, Tess Lynch was in New York. What were you up to? It's true. Tess, you rode the plane. (laughs) Well, um, I went to New York, so it's been two years since I've been on a plane. And uh, proud of you. Thank you. It was two years ago. I had a traumatic experience on a plane where my daughter screamed for um, the six hours there and the six hours back. And then you texted me and you said somebody else's child is screaming on this flight. And I'm so happy. So happy. I was sitting next to a family with like it just seemed like they had just four rows of children who were all roughly the same age. I'm not sure how that worked out. Um, but all of them screamed, and I was loving it. <laughs> I almost stood up at the end and wanted to be like, your kids Thank did you. great. They did fantastic. Um, you know what? Being on a plane is scary. <laughs> Screaming the whole time is kind of a natural reaction that other people suppress out of... Uh, it is. I was just talking about this with um, Blank Check. Uh, Blank Check host David Sims and former Night Call guest Richard Lawson this weekend because they are both nervous flyers. And I am not. And I'm very grateful for it, I guess. But also the entire act of flying is completely abstract to me. So I don't understand. Oh, it's abstract to me, too, because that's one of the things where I'm like, 
I don't know how a plane works and stays up in the air. Yeah. Really? Wait, did you miss ninth grade science? <laughs> I know what suppose <laughs> it's like a like a jet stream and you know the air currents are keeping it up, but like the fact that it stays up is is crazy. My issue with flying beyond having children is that it, it the physical changes that happen when you're in an airplane like I'm very sensitive in general, I guess, uh, to sort of like the, the elements. Well, yeah, but also like the way that you get dried out and like my earlobes started like throbbing. No, it's yeah, a weird thing because it's like a bus in the sky. A sky bus. A sky bus. <laughs> but um, I, it almost feels like being in the microwave for six hours at 10% power. It's not yes. like you're not being like totally cooked, but like a little bit cooked. My mom, who is a nervous flyer, likes to pretend she's on a train because that makes her feel calmer. But it's really hard to pretend you're on on a train if you but look out the window and you're in so there. But being on a train is so calming. Yeah, being on, I like I like trains. Trains are great. And yeah. being on a plane is like inherently kind of uncomfortable. It's fucked up. I think the thing that would make me nervous if I really started to dial in and think about it was another thing we were talking about, which is just like all the things that like one little thing can go wrong as far as like the checklist before a flight happens mm-hmm. and and everybody's toast. And they were telling me about um they were telling me about some case recently of some kind of budget airline. I want to say it was an Indian airline and they just forgot to pressurize the cabin <gasps> before the flight went up and everybody just started bleeding out of their eardrums. Oh my God. Um, which is just like my night. And then suddenly, you know, of course, then I'm like, oh God, that's horrible. Like flying is a nightmare, but like, you know. It's just this, this one, one little, little thing. This oh, is like why man. when people are cavalier about space travel, when, you know, billionaires that are sending people to space. They're like, we'll all just be going to space. And then we talk about space madness where it's like, no, your brain can't handle a long journey through the cosmos. Also, there was just something recently about the radiation levels on Mars. And if you went to Mars, you would just be like completely irradiated. Also, like I was thinking about this the other day because I was looking at Mars because I love Mars Mm -hmm. and it's been out a lot. Uh, And... I was just like, who looks at that and is like, we should go put like fucking hotels on it. No, I know. You know? Doesn't mm. need to be gentrified. Like, exactly. <laughs> Do not gentrify Mars. Yeah. Leave the Martians alone. Leave the Martians alone. I was going to say, Emily, that was Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick's reason for not flying. The pressurized? No, the th- idea that like one little thing could go wrong. He was like too yeah. obsessive and just was like... He didn't trust anybody else to be as obsessive. That's as he was. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fair, and that's why he shot like eyes wide shut in England and all that stuff because yeah. he wouldn't leave. Yeah, I'm I'm of his I, camp. Although I have to say it was really nice to go back to New York. I hadn't been back in a while, and I went for the Tribeca TV Festival because my husband was in a an indie pilot that um, was written and directed by my friend Bridget, who also is Molly's friend. She went to high school with us. It's called I Was a Teenage Pillow Queen. I'm plugging it right now. Um, but we also saw four other pilots that were... It was just fun. Like It was nice to like have a semi-professional reason to go like do something like that. Tess um, was really excited because she met Lynn Shelton, who we're all I was really big excited fans to meet of. Lynn Shelton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Told her about the podcast. Hi, Lynn. I know you're listening Did right now. Did she have a pilot there? No, she was a guest. She was the... Oh. the she was a plus. I we were things. fellow plus ones. Um, but yeah, I met like a lot of really cool, interesting people. Um, and Tess, you're not a big New York person in general, even though you are from there. I'm from there. It, it, the 
tricky thing for me about New York is that it would be like, I mean, it's everybody has that thing of like, you know, it just makes you feel old when you go back to where you're from and it looks totally different and everything is closed. But New York used to be so gross and I loved that about it. And um, I ended up, I was at Washington Square Park and it was so like fancy. I mean, it was ridiculously fancy. And then I went, I was like, I had to take my toddler to the bathroom and we went in and there were like marble counters. I was just like, this looks like the W, but it's like a public bathroom. Yeah. And then I just kept Everywhere talking about it. Looks like that. It that, does. Yeah. Was that Needle Park? What was Needle Park? I think Needle Park may have been Washington Square Park. I thought that was Tompkins Square. Oh, that would make more but sense. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, when I was a kid, Washington Square was the park that I went to. And now Union Square Park is like the where you take your kids. Uh, my my son made a so lot of friends. you can dance to the, the Hare Krishnas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting, too, to see the different Some religious groups <laughs> that were, like, campaigning at these parks. I was like, no Scientologists. Yeah. Those are at Echo Park. Like, there are no... I didn't see Oh, they just had, like, a diff- It's, like, co- it's coastal affiliations. Uh-huh. I had a lot of Jews for Jesus at Washington Square Park that day. Um. So sieht es auch der Sozialverband. This week's episode of Night Call is brought to you by Wander Beauty. Wander Beauty is a new line of easy-to-use, multitasking beauty products that help you make the most of your beauty routine, no matter how little time you have. They're easy-to-use and travel-friendly for foolproof beauty whenever, wherever. I'm sure we've all seen these amazing makeover shows or heard people talking about their skincare regimen, you know, nine-step, ten-step skincare regimens, which is very fun. And, and, and it's nice if you have time, you know, hashtag self-care. But honestly, most of us don't have time to do that every single day. And your beauty routine should be easy to use and, and made for your real life. And Wander Beauty is a brand that really gets that. With Wander Beauty, you can get ready in five minutes and stay gorgeous on the go. They recently won an Allure Best of Beauty Award for their Unlashed Volume and Curl Mascara, which lengthens and curls but never clumps. And best of all, Wander Beauty is clean, cruelty-free, and made with ingredients your skin will love. So it's time to make over your morning with Wander Beauty. Get 20% off your first purchase at wanderbeauty.com call. That's wanderbeauty.com call, C-A-L-L, for 20% off. Again, that's wanderbeauty.com slash call. What was your biggest takeaway from New York then? Maybe aside from from uh, the, cleanliness? the TV fest. I mean, the cleanliness? Well, really? Not exactly. Because yeah, you sent kinda. me some pictures of like. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is, I found myself, I sent Molly a bunch of pictures of trash. Um, I love the trash. And pigeon poo. <laughs> well, because I was like, this, I don't see how hard, I, I, the inner workings of how New York operates right now are just so mystifying to me. Because when I was growing up, it was like, you know, the trash. The the dirt, like, it was all kind of elemental to the city because right, it was, it's like... a city. Yeah, and it, it was kind of an acknowledgement of, like, it would take way too much work to tackle this, guys. Like, way too much money, way too much work. It's just not going to happen. And now there's this, like, mysterious thing of, like... You know, I mean, obviously there are answers to these questions, but the fact that homeless people have been basically, like, eliminated from the streets is very disturbing to me because in L.A., obviously, that's, that's something where um, I, I'm, like, privy to a lot of that dialogue and... 
I don't I don't really know where they all well, went. Well, I New actually York. there was a lot of homelessness in New York the last time I went. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of homelessness. And what I learned yeah. is and that the trains too. They corral them into subway stations. Uh okay. Um, so because I mean that was the thing of like when I was growing up, it was. It was just basically like, you know, it looked a lot more like L.A. Like does place, now. Yeah. yeah. Also just going – I went to Stytown um, and they have like movie nights and an ice skating rink apparently in the winter and it's all of these pristine playgrounds. And I was just like, this is very nice. Like it doesn't – but it doesn't seem like New York. Oh, That's no, why I then, resent New York because I'm an old New no, Yorker now. but then now. you make like the Stanley Kubrick eyes wide shut like the version from your memories. Yes, yeah. You build it on a set. It was it was really great. I got to see my friend Rachel who I hadn't seen in a long time um, and we went to a restaurant where – oh, we were trying to find a place to eat and it was um, obviously like a weekend night so impossible. We didn't have reservations anywhere and we wandered into this restaurant where we could sit at the bar or lounge and we went to the bar and it was pretty full but there was a woman sitting with two seats on either side of her and she was alone and she had bags on the seats next to her and we were like hey do you mind just scooching over one seat or like moving your bag so that we can sit and she was like sweethearts I can't and we were like why and she was like you have to understand I'm meeting a man here I haven't seen him in 30 years and we were like but he's not going to take all these seats like what do you need them for and she was like look at the lights and she was like under a little light that was like slightly more amber than the other lights but they were like identical oh recess like other than the, it was like a little warmer and she was like i got here at five and it was like seven thirty. she's like i got here at five and i'm just waiting for him and like i have to be sitting in this seat and we were like fuck fine she was like i'm not crazy and we were like you are crazy was it countess luann is she a Maybe? ghost i don't know so then we walk <laughs> around to like go somewhere else and a couple pulls us over and they're like oh she, we've been here for an hour. She did that to us. She did that, that to them. Like pointing just like she had iced out everybody who had tried to sit at the bar. And they were like, I don't think this guy is going to show up. Like, yeah. how you know, obviously. And then there's going to be a meltdown at like 9 p.m. But or something. listeners, he did show up what? because we were Whoa. eating at the lounge. And we were like waiting to see. And she was like in her maybe late 50s. And then this guy comes in and he's like her age and he sits down. And when we left, they were making out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a true New York story. Only in New York. Am I right? Beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to be reading Modern Love for like the rest of my life just to try and find that (laughs) That story. Genuinely a beautiful and romantic and wonderful story. It was. But I was still kind of pissed because I was like, I don't know. I mean, like. I really would have preferred to sit at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I had suggested talking about uh, UFO religions, I've been just really into UFO religions. Well, I when Molly proposed this, I was like, "What do you mean?" She was like, "Scientology." I was like, "Oh, well, I was like, there's a bunch of them." Wait, what do you mean by UFO religions? There are like Like, a bunch of okay, so there's like new age religions, religions that are based around either like Like post atomic age religions, post atomic age like like sixties and seventies. Like we're trying some stuff out, and here's what it is. Um, Scientology is one of them, but there's also uh, the Raelians. Oh yes, um, what's that? It's people who believe that the UFOs coming is the rapture, basically. Uh, and okay, like the people in Independence. Day. No, exactly. And yeah. Unarius. Um, did, have you guys ever seen V, the '80s TV miniseries? 
Yeah, yeah, the lizard, the people lizard people one, oh, the super yeah. scary, where it's like the, it's like it's the V as the visitors, and it's like all these spaceships just arrive and like stand over all the big cities like an Independence Day, mm-hmm. and then the visitors come out and they're like, "We're good, like trust us." Um, <laughs> And then they turn out to be lizard people. But it's all about the people being like, should we trust the visitors? Like, they say they're good and they want to help us. And then I just learned that it was actually just an adaptation of Upton Sinclair's uh, It Can't Happen Here. Oh, really? Yeah. And that it was pitched originally as a story about, like, Nazis in America. And they were like... That's too intense. Too hot. Too hot. (laughs) Too hot. So they changed it to aliens. What? But there's all this stuff in it about like the 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 visitors. They like they what they do is they like suppress science so that nobody will like do the science that will like find out they're lizard people. How do they suppress the science? They like start killing scientists. Okay, that's one way to do it. Okay, let's. Let's save this for a later episode because it feels like there's a lot there's to get a lot. into. Here. I just wanted to bring it into the night call sphere because um, it's something I think we will revisit. Let's take a night call. I think we have one about cheese. We do. This email comes from Lena. And she writes from Leicester, England. Um, In part, I am not reading the whole email, but I'm going to cut right to the chase. Every time I've told someone I don't like cheese, people react as if I just viciously insulted their infant child. My father and friends have on many occasions tried to trick me into eating concealed cheese to prove that this has all been a lifelong ruse on my part. Since birth, I'm 25 years old. That is a long time to keep up a weird and very specific food-based prank. Finally, I found this study where these scientists scanned the brains of like 300 people who all don't like cheese and found that they have the same the same abnormality in their brain with a link to that we will put uh, in an addendum to this episode. My dream is to save up enough money to get my brain scanned and then have the result printed out on tasteful business cards to hand out to people, LOL. <laughs> Thank you, Lena. So this is a scientific. It's like the people who think um, cilantro tastes like soap or Brussels or the like bitterness well, thing. A brain yeah. abnormality. So I, sh- I should clear- clarify because she was, uh, you know, she was responding to me talking about the fact that I don't eat cheese, and um, I, I wouldn't say that I have a a natural aversion to cheese. I used to eat a lot of cheese. I lived in the Midwest. Uh, I lived in. Dairy country. Uh, Curd County. Went to, I went to Dairy Queen like every, you know, every chance I got. Yeah. Um, but um, I stopped drinking milk, I think, I want to say in my sophomore year because I saw we w- had to watch a video about how milk is made in industrialized society. And it was so horrifying that, I mean, I would still drink dairy products, like have dairy products, but I wouldn't drink just plain milk because that, it, it was too reminiscent of all these cows being pushed into these metal milking devices and stuff. Yes. It was just really unpleasant. Emily, but... Um, you eat meat, right? I do eat meat. Yeah. So how? Do no, I'm. I do, I'm not saying it do, makes any sense. I don't. No, I, I, no I point respect Do I want to say that my dietary no, I got, practices I, are part of some larger <laughs> philosophy? I got into. They are it. very selective and silly. No, <laughs> I I appreciate that because I think it is sort of like. Well, it's also like if anybody had to look at like how things are made, we'd all be vegans, just like Paul McCartney well, said. I was vegan. So the real thing is that I was vegan then for. 
about three years. And when I wanted to stop being vegan because I was tired and run down all the time and I wondered (laughs) if I just like wasn't eating properly or needed a more, I don't know, I was just trying everything at that point. So I tried to stop being vegan. So I started eating meat again, but I could not eat cheese. Uh, It made me barf. Um, So I I kind of feel like maybe that's a more bizarre thing for people to eat. I want to say that lactose intolerance is real. Um, yeah, of course it is. And I probably am lactose intolerant. You probably are lactose intolerant. Too, and there are some like groups that are predisposed to lactose intolerance. But there are people who are lactose intolerant and still love cheese it's and dairy true, products. But I am one of those people for sure. Uh, but I don't love all cheese. Like, I'm not one of those people I personally find. Well,. She's from England. Our, our right, emailer yeah. is from England. And that's like another serious cheese I know. I was going to say that's probably so much more intense yeah. there to be yeah. to reject cheese. Um, also, shout out to Night Call England. Yes. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Cross the pond. International Night Call. If you're listening to Night Call, you probably love true crime podcasts just like me. Let me tell you about a new podcast I love called Dead Man Talking. Created with Audio Boom, Dead Man Talking is about the death row confessions of the railroad killer, Angel Resendez, who crisscrossed the U.S. by freight train in the 80s and 90s, choosing his victims at random before he was executed by the state of Texas in 2006. Before his death, Resendez spoke to journalist and host Alex Hannaford and claimed on tape to have killed as many as 40 people. Each episode takes a confession by Resendez and leads Alex on an investigation to find out the truth. Was the railroad killer lying in order to slow down his journey to the execution chamber, or was he even more sinister than anyone could have imagined? Dead Man Talking features interviews with the railroad killer's only surviving victim, the psychiatrist who knew him best, attorneys who worked on the case, and two inmates currently serving life sentences for crimes Resendez claims he committed. Visit Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast directory and search for Dead Man Talking. Um, speaking of eating, like, you know, being kind of a hypocrite about eating habits, I don't eat octopus, as we've talked about before. But um, I just really quickly, because Molly sent us a very interesting article from The New York Times that was, I think, it, three days ago, so a week old I, at this point. Sometimes I just text you guys ideas for the podcast, and they're just like, octopus on ecstasy. Well, we have to just address the fact that they a bunch of scientists gave some octopi some ecstasy, <laughs> and they had- What a, music did they play? <laughs> they had a, uh, like, they put the octopus in a tank with another octopus- it, that was hiding under um, a like an upturned pot in case one you know the octopus on drugs got aggressive and wanted to beat up the octopus. The other octopus had a place to hide, and then they had a toy. And when they gave the octopus ecstasy, it became like hyper social and wanted to like give hugs. You know, like but, like oh, a raver, like a raver. It's like it wanted sir. to call its family and just say, like, I just want to let you guys know I love you so much. That's what I said. It was like they're normally solitary, but Except when they one, gave them ecstasy, yeah. they like wanted to cuddle an octopus Aww. cuddle puddle. And so that just like further solidifies my stance that it's you cannot eat. You octopus. can't eat octopi because they're too smart. They're too cute and um, smart. Yeah, and whimsical. Well, pigs are too. 
Yeah. So everybody's a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not a vegan? Uh, Even vegans are hypocrites. A pig. a pigs I, are smarter than dogs. I got mad at uh, my friend Paul, who's a vegan, because he was like excitedly talking about killing mosquitoes. And I was like, aren't you a vegan? And he whoa. was like, mosquitoes don't deserve to live. They're the deadliest <laughs> animal. He's 100% right. I know, but he was also like, I'm not a vegan because I like care about animals. I'm a vegan because like I don't like any food. Wait, really? He's not an ethical vegan? He's just like a, He's that's just his a preference? He's just a picky Person. I was wow. I was not an ethical vegan. Uh, I was a vegan because it was cheap, and I went through a. What's the thing that like people always associate with Gwyneth Paltrow, where you just like selectively stop eating different things? Is that orthorexia? Uh, like fasting? Orthorexia. orthorexia. Yeah, I was like mildly orthorexic yeah. for like most of my life. So I just decided like I had you know. Uh, narrowed down most right. things. I knew and, some people who friendly. liked it because it's like the, it's just so limiting and that can be Makes kind you feel of in fun. Control. Oh yeah, yeah it gives, gives you, you so much. Yeah. And when you're poor also, it's like, well, there's there were only a few things that I can afford and now right. I know exactly what I have to buy because it's the only thing I can eat. It doesn't lead to eating well necessarily. I feel like a lot of the no, college No, not the at all. I, I know so many unhealthy vegans right. I'm, who just eat like NIF and like rice and beans. What is NIF? Uh, Nif? <laughs> uh, nutritional yeast flour? Uh, oh, okay. I do not like those. <laughs> no. I find those disgusting. They're like a substitute for cheese, but... Well, I love them. Oh, they're gross. Do you, okay, so do you like oh other... God. This is brings me to my next cheese question. Um, also in the email, there's a, in a different part of it, she talks about that part of what she finds off-putting about cheese is that it's just hard milk. Yeah. Yes, and I think that's very evocative. It's and very, very evocative. Um, it's a secretion. It's a hardened secretion. I have like, if something is like smells gross to me, like I don't want to eat it. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that that's universal. Sentiment. It's not because some people like cheese that I find disgusting, and I, I used to love a stinky cheese. I do not. I cannot fuck with it at I, all. I don't do stink. I mean, I'm not huge into cheese, as I've said. I'm not like you know a total. I don't no, take like, a hard line. Like on within the cheese. cheese, I'm cr- incredibly picky about what kind of cheese. I like. I like the soft, mild cheese. But you know what I don't like is there was this thing going around online recently that was like, it was like a puff pastry. It was huge, like a cauldron. And it was just filled with melted cheese <laughs> as a, like an edible entire fondue pot. Oh, and I was man. like, why yeah. is that appealing? It's too much. <laughs> it's just too much. I'm also, this is not going to be a popular opinion. Um, and I'm excited for fighting about it. But I do not like queso. Oh, all. that you're wrong. Well, I've I've, ne- I've never had queso. Queso's fantastic. Oh, I do not care for it. Really, Emily, you've never had it. I love queso. No, it's a Texas thing. I know, like, but you never. I, mean, I had cheese curds. Like they don't have. We could talk about cheese. There's curds. been like a real Tex-Mex like boom in Los Angeles because of home state. Which I'm is, not. You know, I mean, I'm not crazy awesome. about the Tex-Mex boom because I'm like we have like Mex Mex and like yeah. California Mex. We don't need fucking queso. I love queso. But people love queso. I don't get it at all. It's like gross nacho cheese, basically. My mom used to make um, queso when I was growing up, and it was just uh, Velveeta cheese and Rotel tomatoes. Oh, okay. That's the oh, classic. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. The classic. I've had that. Okay, so I you... never really got into that. It was it was also so foreign to me. It was like, I don't know. It felt so decadent. I couldn't I couldn't. <laughs> it's super <believe>. decadent. <laughs> it's hard because it's like you don't care what you're dunking in it. What about? You could dunk anything in it. Where do you guys fall on fondue? 
I like fondue. I miss fondue, honestly, because I like Swiss oh, cheese a lot when I yeah, eat cheese. Swiss cheese I really you do? Cheese, Wait, so. what? You just... Yeah. My, my mind just exploded. You like Swiss cheese? I get Emily's cheese oh, preference. I, mean, I get it. I'm a Swiss no, cheese I, person, No, I'm, I'm talking about when I when I ate cheese. Swiss cheese was good. I liked all I liked all the Swiss cheese. I'm not a huge fan of fondue. I'll go for it, maybe. I think I went to fondue with you, Molly, at a place in the valley, maybe La Fondue or something Did at one point. Did we go to La Fondue? So. There's like this one weird 70s fondue place in the valley. I don't know if it's still open. I, I loved that it still existed. It's sort of, it's very similar to like the weird French restaurant that's in Punch Drunk Love. Yes. Where he beats up the bathroom that's also there. Oh, yeah. Um, or like Tay. Yeah. <laughs> Tay is like legitimately old. This is like a 70s attempt at like... Recreating uh, the old world, country a country kitchen. Fondue yeah. is just so greasy. Uh, when you melt cheese, that's the issue with melting cheese. Because I make this thing that I is colloquially known as funeral potatoes. Because when someone dies, <laughs> you bring them. A oh, bit, I know, you know it. what you're talking about. It's a, thing, no, it's, a mid, it's a Midwestern thing, and oh. it's it's it, like potatoes au gratin, but it's like yes, yeah, exactly. you bring them to a funeral. Yeah, because when someone dies, you're supposed to. It's give like the wake family, food. It's wake food, exactly. It, and it's it's calorie rich. So. Yeah. If you have no appetite because of grief, you can eat a little bit of because it has yeah, like yeah, no yeah, yeah. seasoning except salt and nutmeg. Yeah, but it the problem uh, with nutmeg. Making, yeah, nutmeg because nutmeg. Oh, nutmeg is nutmeg makes also makes nutritional yeast flakes taste like more like cheese. Nutmeg's one of the best oh. spices. Nutmeg is often in fa- yeah. fondue. I believe. Well, y'all, yeah, mm-hmm. it's pumpkin spice season. I'm souring on the which also spice. means it's ghost season. That's what oh, I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> What goes with pumpkin spice lattes better than a good ghost time? That's right. It was the first day of fall, like two days ago. I was so happy. I'm such a basic bee. I fucking love it. Um, I was just so excited. I'm like the person that's excited about the idea of the nights becoming longer and the days becoming shorter, which I know nobody else is, but... I no, I'm a, I I I feel that you know um, it's just less time I have to wear sunscreen and that to me is like very valuable. No, it sucks. You guys are both wrong. And I just don't like the heat. Like it gets cool at night. It could be cool, and it doesn't have to mean that night lasts like for 15 hours. I don't know. like it. Also, it doesn't matter in Los Angeles. Like here, it's really like okay. Well, I'm ready to go die for five. No, that's it's like, true. It's, it's true. true. That's why. I, that's literally why I live here. Is yeah. just to not. I didn't get know depressed. that about fall until I experienced real New England fall. It's definitely a different thing, and you understand. I used to like everything fall and winter much more when I didn't live in New York City right. but still lived in that climate because you got all the beauty of it without all the like scuzziness the and the without the feeling and... of like the walls are about to close in and there's nothing yeah. you can do. But wait, Molly, yeah. what's special about fall? Well, uh, aside from the delightful nutmeg flavored beverages, um, the autumn equinox was a couple days ago, which is the day when the veils between the spirit worlds are easiest to penetrate. Finally. Finally. Um, And so my friend Emma Cunningham, who is like 
fifth Beatle status in Night Call. She's out of the PA at the Night Call live show, like, and did uh, she did magic did strolling tricks for magic. those of you who are there. She did close up close up card magic, and she's just an all around great, cool person. So she rented a ghostometer, a ghost hunting thing. What did it look like? It looked Paint like, the picture. It looked like exactly what you would think. Like it a divining like rod? from Ghostbusters. Okay. It was like a little, it kind of looked like a amp pedal or something. It's just like a little electronic, or it looked like the thing that you hold on the wall to find nails. Okay, yeah. A stud gun. A stud, stud spotter. A stud finder. Yeah, stud finder. Oh, yeah. But it has a, Did it have a laser? No. Yeah, it also had a laser. It was nice. like a two-part oh. thing. It came with a laser, so you had to like point the laser and then hold the ometer. How else are you going to penetrate that veil? The ghostometer. (laughs) And the ghostometer has like little different sectors of like, it's got like a little ometer and it's like green, yellow, red, orange of like how how much ghosting. How ghosts. How much ghosts. How much ghosts. (laughs) So I met up with her uh, on the Equinox in Koreatown and I was also like, what a great place to look for haunted things. There's so many old, creepy things old buildings. in yeah. Koreatown. So you we could went. go to the place where the Ambassador Hotel We did. Be. We went. Yes. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> she was like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I have a very specific, like, let's go to the old Bullocks. Let's go find oh, RFK. Okay. I saw you were at Cassell's <laughs> looking for ghosts in the pies. Yeah. You can find ghosts in those That's pies. That's an old building. We went in there first. We went in the hotel uh, that... Hotel Normandy, right? Hotel Normandy. Oh, my is, God. Hotel Normandy. Yeah. And we went in, like, the weird lobby be there that has like it's very like shining in there you know there's just didn't they did they rehab it because it shows up sometimes when i'm looking for a place yes, to stay they in turned los angeles it, and i'm like this place used to be so so creepy yeah it, they turned uh, it into a boutique hotel but it's still okay. totally creepy it's because like it the sea still looks like the overlook yeah. when you go inside you know yeah it's like there's like the good restaurant casals which is really good and has really good pies and then there's like the big lobby that they were letting people wait for tables in, but it's like it's it's exactly like the it's just well, very creepy and art deco. And the other place dim. that I feel like is really haunted around there that I've read about, I feel like is the Gaylord. Yeah. Oh, um, we went. So we yeah. went to the Gaylord. We went to. Did you find? Where okay. did you find the ghosts? Well, okay. <laughs> Don't Dis- disappoint. Dis- us. I will disappoint you. Oh. Disappointingly, none of the places we went to that were reputedly super haunted revealed any ghosts whatsoever and then some random places would like set the meter off very like, like much where? um the one place we got a really high reading outside was in front of the church that's now i think a mosaic church oh yeah but across like across from, the, from the, line. the line but where there's like the the walk of fame star for jesus christ <gasps> uh-huh we got a ghost reading and what? i was like well that makes sense because he's the holy ghost right like <laughs> jesus you, jesus is technically a ghost no, but that's okay. <laughs> People <laughs> might argue. We'll talk about this about more. That. I just learned about the Holy Ghost, so I have. Wait a yeah, second. but that's what? the whole point. It, there's a. It's it's separate from. Yeah, no, I know, but I have a lot three. of questions okay. about like what <laughs> it's like. The breath of Jesus was one thing I read. Theologians hmm. of uh, theologians. Theologians. Theologians of Night Call. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know if you think Jesus is a ghost, uh, as as Molly <laughs> Give us your thoughts, your, your hottest take on the Trinity, please. <laughs> and then just in a couple of other random places, such as like a barber shop, I think we just were outside. And... Do you think that was like the ghost of hair? <laughs> <laughs> hair ghost. So we did like a. We walked around. We went to a lot of different 
sort of every old building I could think of, yeah, and like kind of over by where the the Ambassador Hotel is where RFK got assassinated. But, you know, my friend Emma was being sort of more of the Mulder. She was like, I'm going to say like, the ghosts are real and we're finding them. Yeah. And we were also like, maybe they don't come out during the daytime as much. Who knows? How do those ghosts You were there in the work? day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Daytime. It was daytime ghost hunting. Okay. How do these things work? They measure frequencies. They measure temperature. Do you know? She was having a nighttime ghost hunting party uh, and slumber party, but I couldn't go because I was going to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh. Uh, oh but for you. I was like, can we do some daytime ghost hunting? But wait a second. How does the you're, – you're avoiding answering this because maybe you don't know. How does the ghostometer work? What oh, is it measuring? Guess what? I do know. Oh, okay. Because I asked. my bluff. Go no, ahead. No, because I then. was the scully. I was like, I want to know, like – debunk this for me what is this measuring mm-hmm. and she was like well it's measuring electromagnetic fields okay so okay. one of the other places we got a very high ghost reading was a school that was probably the most the most ghosty that we yeah. got of that's anything. because ghosts love because children like-, like we've talked about on the podcast <laughs> is that children can see ghosts and babies can well, see that's ghosts true yeah that grown-ups can't but would it like computers well that would be you're boring. Damn it, Emily. You're boring. Uh, you poked a hole. Correct, maybe answer <laughs> about what was actually happening. But it was still really fun to do. Can you tape this next time? Yeah. Yeah, for Can sure. Can I just yeah, follow please. you around with a yeah. phone? Yeah. I also brought a book with me today because I was very excited about this. It's the Ghost Hunter's Guide to Los Angeles. It looks like an old book. Um, And when I went to the Jay-Z and Beyonce concert, it was at the Rose Bowl, which is in Pasadena along the Arroyo Seco, like very close to Devil's Gate, actually. And it was just like a very, a very, you know, like a fun communal witchy event to be at. A lot of a lot of moon harvest. How, how witchy can it be there if it be if Jay-Z's there? You know. Honestly. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I it just... was like I was kinda like he has to stand there while she like tells us all like what he's done wrong and he has to take it and there's something kind of satisfying about that you know like they would like you know do big pimpin and then follow it with like a beyonce song about like no 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 fuck you yeah (laughs) (laughs) supposed to put that pimping away so we have another night call this week about some creatures hi i'm very behind and i'm just now listening to you guys talk about whales and how whales came from the land, which is creepy, but then you talked about hippos, and I had to call in because um, I'm obsessed with the story of hippos moving to Colombia, so you should definitely look it up, but Pablo Escobar had a weird zoo on his property, and he had all these hippos brought from Africa, and when he was arrested, they started escaping, and now Colombia has all of these hippos, and it's like exactly the same climate as Africa, but without the drought. So they're becoming the dominant predator. And everyone thinks hippos are cute and cuddly, just like Carvel did. But actually, they are dangerous and terrifying. And I think like the second or third most like deadly predator. So it's a huge problem. And Colombia doesn't want to kill them because Colombia has reputation problems. And so it's just becoming this like epic problem. And they're just everywhere. And it's an amazing story. And I just thought you guys should know. So happy night call. I like happy night call as like a uh, as like a greeting or a happy or night a, call and a happy a, night call a, to salutation. you. 
Can I just say that? <laughs> Good night, call to you. I loved this call so much. Yes. I had never yes. heard about this. Had you guys? No, I'd I never heard about either, it. But it's fairly well documented because as soon as you start typing in Pablo Escobar hippos, you get there a are lot. many suggestions. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Tess, you were once obsessed with the Fidel Castro's tiny cows, right? Yeah, I was. I mean, it, just the idea of tiny animals is very intriguing to me, but unfortunately, they're not really real. Right. Yeah. Right. Can't really do so it. So I think this is like a big problem. I mean, even, you know, I think throughout history, but like, I guess uh, a lot during the Victorian times when people would like the exotic pets thing was a big craze. And I saw this like very, very funny short film for a film festival I was um, during once that was about a um, a panther that was loose in the Italian countryside. And it kind of became this sort of white whale for all these old guys. They all wanted to like kill this panther that apparently had escaped from somebody's home because they thought it would be cool to own a panther. Uh, yeah. So you th- th- think twice next time you you decide you want to own a raccoon. Uh, yeah. Actually, raccoons are a bad example, but I always fantasize about owning a raccoon. I well, love raccoons. Uh, I watched a documentary about <laughs> raccoons that is very good and on YouTube. It's like a Canadian PBS documentary or something you can watch where one of the things it talked about was like a lot of people in Japan getting raccoons as pets because of the success of Palm Poco. Mm. Oh, and then, well, that, those were like tanukis, though, I thought. That's they what in- I thought, but it was kind of talking about, like, maybe it was just saying that, like, raccoons are brought into cities and then they adapt so incredibly well to living in well, cities yeah, because right. they're so they smart. They're smart and, and they have thumbs. They have thumbs. They, yeah. They're fully yeah. human. Yeah. Um, they can practically drive cars. Yeah. It's like a smartphone. cars are their main predator in the city that's like their main issue back to hippos real quick emily found a really good uh thing on motherboard on vice's motherboard about um how the hippos are having so much sex and like i think they're trying to castrate the hippos um yeah they're trying to and they've only succeeded in castrating for as of this article which was from uh 2016 so maybe they've done more but i i didn't understand it so much to be that they couldn't kill them for reputational reasons but just that it's like really really fucking hard to kill oh no no they're huge and they will kill you no here's the deal national geographic did an interview with an environmental expert from colombia and he was like okay so this basically pablo escobar's estate was called hacienda napoles and um and it's open as like a theme park yeah exactly so so dark (laughs) and it's like it has like some of the most of the animals were relocated but some of the animals remain like an ostrich and like a a, they claim a rare goat which like i don't know what that means Neverland. Yeah. There's there's 28 hippos at the Hacienda. And th- this is from also a couple years ago. We could use an update. But 40 others in like nearby lakes and rivers. But the guy was like, so hippos are super dangerous and they're the number one deadliest animal in Africa. But he was like, when people started proposing that they kill the hippos, everyone, it was like a huge scandal. And everyone was like, no, because he said he used the word charismatic like three times in this interview. <laughs> I know, that's funny. It's <laughs> very, very funny. He was like, hippos are charismatic and they you can't eat them. You can't eat hippo meat because they carry diseases. So you couldn't be like, we're farming the hippos. Like, you know, we're going to take the hippos. At least we're going to eat them. You would just be killing the hippos and just to like 
get rid of them. And everybody was very upset because it's also I get it. I mean, if you knew there were hip, they're really cute. The babies are super cute. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of just scared. I've never really had the hippos are cute face because their mouths are so terrifying. I I remember just being scared of them in the jungle. I knew you were going to say that. They, they're, but they've got like roundy faces. The, ra- the baby faces and the tiny little like, twitching tails. Like a crocodile is scary. Yeah. Well, and it's a not warm. Hippo, yeah. even though it has like giant teeth, it's like very cute. Still and a babies mammal. Are cute. The babies. Um, there is a mascot at the park who know who responds to her name, and her name is Vanessa. So it's also like you can't like have a hippo mascot and then be like, okay, all of Vanessa's <laughs> relatives who like escaped, you can just like. It's open season on them, but like, but meanwhile, here's Vanessa, who's like a dog who comes when she's called. I guess you know? I, I, I want to know, like, what other species are they decimating? Oh, otters and manatees. Oh, I know. And they're also they also um, mess up all the rivers because the they um, start algae blooms because of their poop. Okay, it just, like, here's an it's, idea. Like, too much. Can they can they like put them all in like a, a hippo? Aquarium, a hippo sanctuary. Yeah, you probably needs so much room, though, because I think, huge. and I think it's just so hard to round them up. Yeah, that's like, the issue. Like, I think it's easier to kill them maybe than to round them up. That's why when they when when uh, Escobar Escobar died, and all the rest of the animals in his menagerie were rounded up and put into zoos and you know wherever. Uh, but they couldn't they couldn't handle the hippos. And also, yeah. like, I think all the zoos were like, it's cool. We have one hippo. We don't need more. And everyone was like, you sure? We got like we got 60 hippos here. Mm. And they were like, no, we don't want those hippos. Because hippos, yeah, I mean, if you have a hippo at a zoo, it's like a huge liability that someone like, you know, your kid falls in the cage. Goodbye. Nobody's going to save the kid because like nobody wants to wrestle with a hippo. So, you know, just dark, dark times. <laughs> That's where your mind goes. It is. Can I say one of my favorite details from this outside of the hippos themselves is just this actual park that was on his compound, the Hacienda Nepolas, whose sign, if you look it up, just looks like the Jurassic Park sign. Yes. Like it's the same font it, and everything. It is so crazy. I don't know. It must yeah. be on purpose, right? Because yeah, they have, trip. I think so. They have some dinosaur Well, it would have been bones. like the 90s or something whenever, I don't or maybe they didn't know well, that later, sort of, but still. I mean, I he died in 93. I don't know a ton about it, but like, didn't he build the theme park as like, like the people loved him because he built the theme park? Well, I think I don't know if it was like because he did do that. He would do kind of like civic improvements to be like, I'm not just selling cocaine. Yeah, I'm I'm also doing this and that. And they were like, okay, but I think I mean investing back in the community. Right. But a lot of his estate was just for his own shit. Like he had like a big collection of like vintage cars and like a sculpture made out of dinosaur bones. Put the hippos in the vintage cars. Yeah. There was a go kart. uh like yeah, thing. the go kart yeah. track. So it's like a Richie Rich house. Yes, it's like basically it's like that house in Life and Hell where you're like the dream house of like a ten year old exactly. Where you're like yeah, a yeah. slide from yeah. one floor down <laughs> to the bottom floor. Zip lines. A from- hidden room of candy from around <laughs> the world. Well, that does it for this this week's night call. Thanks to everybody who wrote in and called in. Keep them coming. Our number is one two four zero four six night, or you can give us an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail dot com. Follow us on Facebook at Nightcall Podcast and on Twitter at Nightcall Pod and Instagram at Nightcall Podcast. And yeah, give us all your mm-hmm. questions about hard milk, hippopotamuses. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of hard milk? Ghosts. 
I'm sorry. I I I I think I I have I have to issue a profound apology to the guy who was already grossed out by our mayo discussion. <laughs> Swiss secretion. Uh, also, just want to oh, add God. just want to add a final note to the mayo discussion. What I realized part of what grosses me out about it is that there's egg yolk in it, but it's like not refrigerated. Tell your ghost friends about your your feelings on yeah, mayonnaise. If you're French, please call in. Otherwise, close case close. <laughs> oh, also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you like to do that kind of thing because it helps us and we like it. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.